This song we just sang talks about the greatness of the love of Jesus Christ. So here's my question. Is there anybody in here this, eve this morning that has ever experienced the profound love of Jesus Christ in your life? Is there anybody that when life and when, when circumstances and when things and when stuff just got so overwhelming and so uh, just, just so difficult and challenging, have you ever just been able to just lean back on the great big love of God and, 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 and in those moments when you knew you messed up, in those moments when you knew it was your fault, when those, those moments when things didn't go right and it was because of you and you did not deserve the grace, you did not deserve the mercy, you should not have been able to live the way that you're living, you should not have been able to experience the joy and the peace and the hope that comes with the but you still were able to lean back because of God's goodness in your life has anybody ever been there when every Everything is falling apart and when when nothing is going right and when when everything should be lost but God said that though you are a sinner I still love you I still believe in you I'm still right there for you if you've experienced that how about for just a minute you put your hands together if you've been right there how about for just a minute you just say God I thank you God I couldn't earn it I don't deserve it but God right now I'm thanking you for it because if it had not been for you right there for come on right no, don't stop just hallelujah and I couldn't deserve it Now one more time before we're seated, put your hands together and just thank the Lord this morning. Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Amen, amen. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord. It is so good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. It is so good to be able to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. To be able to celebrate him and and honor him and to be able to just bask in his presence for just a minute it really is good Jesus Jesus Sing that again. There's no darkness, no. There's no mountain, Lord. Sing, oh Lord, there's no kick down, lie you won't tear down. And say, You know, you may be seated. Go ahead and be seated. It just... Jesus. 
you know, we serve a mighty God. We serve a God that still is able to do big things. Brother Carl, like it still rings in my ear all the times that you have said, mighty God. The one that is able to do exceeding and abundantly. And I don't know about you, but over the last few months, like, you know, in my own life, in my personal life, and my marriage, and, you know, all those things, like, you know, we're praying and, and, and believing, and, and, and there's just this expectation. Every time I come and every time I'm here and, you know, I'm here working during the week or I come at night to, to fix something that's been broken or whatever and, and I'm in here and I'm praying and I, and, and, and I, I can tell you that every, there's this expectation that there is something that is on the way. Anybody, anybody feel like there is something that is on, on the way? And so... so <laughs> And I know I've got my sermon here and I keep going, I keep looking at it like Stefan, like you got stuff to do. You know, it's right here, it's ready, but you know, hear me, Pine View, don't stop praying. Don't stop fasting. Don't stop believing because that is how breakthroughs happen. That's where, where victory is. We talked about victory a couple weeks ago. The, the look of it, the look of looking, moving forward, that's where it is. It says that, that, that some things only come about through prayer and fasting. Believe me, like we were about to see miracles and signs and wonders, but, but, but it's because we're a church that is praying, a church that is, that is fasting, a church that is connecting to who God is. It's, it's not about performance. It's not about, but it's truly about the presence and the power of Jesus Christ. And so, so I'm excited to be about, uh, uh, connected to a church that knows about the power of God. Amen, amen, amen. And so today, I know it's Mother's Day. Again, I give all the props to all those moms out there. If your mom is sitting next to you, kids, you better be nice. You better be good to them today. The Bible says, honor your father and mother. And then it adds this caveat. It says, so that you have long life. And I remember being a kid and, and, and hearing that and reading that and... and it always reminded me, like, it was more so like, like the, the scripture was like, oh, so powerful. But this scripture, whenever someone would read it or say it or, or quote it, it always was like a warning. Because if you dishonor your mama, your life will be very short. So, I have to give honor. My mom is here. Hi, mom. It's good to see you. So I give honor to you. Happy Mother's Day. So if I'm not here next week, y'all know what happened. Amen. So today I want to jump in and I want to talk about our theme for the year is forward. Our focus for this year has been on moving moving forward. And as I began to prepare today and, and think about, you know, where we are in life, I, ha I rem re remembered I had a conversation with a parent recently. It's a parent I taught her daughter years and years ago, and I hadn't seen them in a lot of years, and so it was, we were just catching up, and it was good to see her, and I was, you know, how you doing, how are things going, you know, uh, your daughter's so t gotten so tall, like, you know. Uh, and I said to her, I was like, you know, it just seems like yesterday, right? Yesterday, when we were having a conference and having, you know, a meeting because um, she was having um, some stress and some, some issues because of uh, where she was going to sit at lunch. Like, that was the, the big thing that we were, you know, trying to navigate and work out. Where she was going to sit at lunch, she was having some conflict and some struggles with some friends and some peers. And so we had a meeting and we were trying to figure out and navigate that problem and navigate through that issue. 
And we were talking about that because then she was telling me now like she's stressed and, and her daughter is crying because now she's having to make big life decisions. Where does she go to college and where does, you know, uh, what is she going to do with her life and things like that. And I was saying like how quickly things change. It was just yesterday, it seemed, that we were sitting and having these conversations with what seemed to be now, uh, at the time it was pretty big, but now it seems, you know, pretty small issues, and now, you know, how things have gotten bigger, and, and it was, it, we were talking about how quickly time moves. And I found that in my life, time is a strange thing. Because I remember being younger, I remember being a kid, and, and um, I remember being upset, and, you know, mom would tell me no. She'd say, no, you can't go, you know, uh, you can't go to that party that doesn't have any adults that, you know, no. And I'd be like, what? How are you going to tell me no? Right? I remember being a kid and thinking, you know, I can't wait till I'm older so I can do what I want to do. I can't wait, you know, I, wouldn't do, I would do that when the door was closed and she left, right? Don't play, right? Because again, you know, <laughs> those long days, right? So, so I, you know, she'd say no and I can't do or whatever. And I, and I remember I couldn't wait till I get my license. I remember being a kid and I would sit in the back seat and I would see them drive, I'd see mom drive and I'd sit there behind her and I just couldn't wait. I couldn't wait to get a job so I could have my own money. I couldn't wait. I remember being a teenager and I was like, oh my goodness, I can't wait till I get my own spot, my own place. It's about to be sweet. It's about to be good. I'm about to have a full 75-inch TV. I'm about to have, <laughs> listen, mine, I had a little gray, black and white little thing right there in my first spot. Don't play, right? But I remember being a kid and things went so slowly. Like, this is going to take forever. Like, I cannot wait for the day that I'm old enough to be able to do. And now that I'm old enough to do, I'm like, Lord, please stop these gray hairs. Please, Lord, come on, slow it on down, right? Life and time are so interesting. You see, we think about time differently as we get older. We get, think about time differently as circumstances and situations present themselves. Has anybody ever been faced with an issue where you're running out of time and you've got to like, like crunch a lot of stuff in a small window of time? I remember being, you know, uh, uh, in college and, and um, I, I would say that I'm not a procrastinator, but I definitely am. And so I remember, like, I would have to write uh, that long paper that I've been like, you know, I knew about for months and months and months, but now it's due tomorrow and I haven't started it yet. And I'm like, okay, I've got eight hours to do 80,000 pages. Let's go. Right? Or you're like, oh my goodness, I overslept. I need to be at work in seven minutes and I live 37 minutes away. Right? Anybody ever been there? Like you're able to do these superhuman feats in short amount of time. Okay, I'm about to tell y'all something and I'm a little nervous because I told y'all a couple weeks ago about my, um, my disaster going down the dirt road. And y'all have been giving me texts and Facebook messages, talking about some, don't go down dirt roads. I'm like, y'all got jokes, jokes. And let me tell you, yesterday I, I got my car washed first thing in the morning, and then we went to see my nephew play uh, baseball. And why did the, it was, it was paved beautiful roads right until we got to the baseball field. Like everything was perfect right until we got to the baseball field. And so I had to go down the dirt road once again, and I'm very angry. It really was, I was almost just about to stop and like turn around and be like, let's go home. But I didn't. I was a good uncle. It's fine. No big deal. So, a few years ago, I got up early. It was right at the beginning of the pandemic. They had switched, you know, what we were doing. And it was the first day that we were doing virtual school. So I got up really, really early. Really early. And so I remember, it's, you know, it's dark outside. And I'm, you know, trying to, you know, I'm, I'm nervous because I've never taught virtually before. And so I'm like, you know, it's like 5 o'clock, 4.30 in the morning, whatever. And I'll never forget, like, how quickly and how slowly time went at the same time. So I'm going down the stairs, and I'll never forget this day. 
but your boy fell for the first time down all the stairs. Down all the stairs, just, just, and you know, like those movies, like those cartoons where like, you know, Kung Fu Panda, where like he gets punched and it's like, and like, that's what it was like in that moment. Like, I'm like, right. And it seemed like it took forever for me to get from the top of the stairs down to the bottom. But then it, like, it also seemed like it was over so fast. And I'm laying on, on like my neck. And Sarah's like, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine. But like, it's crazy how time works. You see, and one of the things that I have found is that in moments of stress, in moments of trial, as I was driving here and I was thinking about that story like in moments where like it seems like you only have literally a millisecond to make a decision, how amazing God is to enlarge your capacity to succeed, even in times of stress, even in times of trial, even in times when things aren't going your way, how amazing God is. That prayer of Jabez, remember that book back in the day, that prayer of Jabez, that enlarged my capacity, that enlarged my territory. I find that in my moments where things are going, differently, are, are going uh, different than what I expected, that God has often enlarged my capacity to make decisions, to be safe, to do the things that are needed, and he has given me the ability to find success. And oftentimes what happens is I'll get to the other side and say, look how talented I am, or look how smart I am, or look how whatever I am. And I'll look and say, this has nothing to do with my talent. This has nothing to do with my ability. This has nothing to do with my intellect or my finances. Every step of the way God has blessed me, God has kept me, God has done it for me, God has made ways for me. This is not because of me, but he's enlarged my territory and allowed me in the nick of time to be right where I am in time it's like this it's important for us to realize that my success that my victory is not because of me but because of the Lord and so what I've also found is that there are times where it seems like it doesn't work out when you've put your heart and soul into something and it just didn't work out when you've put your time and your energy into something and it seems like time runs out. Again, when I was younger, I used to think that like anything was possible. And I still believe that anything is possible. I still believe that. But I also know that there is a limit to what I can do. And I've learned that because there are things that I poured myself into and I poured my energy into and they just didn't work out. It doesn't matter the position or the, the place. It doesn't matter how much money I have. It does not matter the status. It just sometimes doesn't work out. And it's sobering because it is that reality that I and that we are fallible. We can have all the money. We can have all the intellect. We can have all the education, the connections and the prestige. And sometimes it just isn't enough. And so today, I want to jump in and I want to talk about sometimes it's just not enough. In Mark chapter number 5, and in verse number 21, we find a familiar uh, uh, section of Scripture. And um, this is one that we jump into a lot. And it says, and when Jesus was passed over by ship onto the other side, a bunch of people gathered around him and uh, and he was close to the sea. And it says, and behold, there came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, it says he fell at his feet and he besought him greatly saying, my little daughter's at the point of death. I pray thee come and lay thy hands on her that she may be healed and that she may live. And Jesus went with him. And much people followed him and thronged him. We find that in Mark chapter 5, there's this portion of scripture where Jairus, this man of status, this man that was the leader in the community, he was, it says he was the leader of the synagogue, and the synagogue was like the, the hub of this community. 
And it says that, that this man of prestige and this man of, of, of connection and place and status, he came because he had uh, this situation that was dire. It was running out of time. His daughter was dying. Things weren't looking good. He'd probably tried to figure out, gotten all the doctors and the things and the stuff that money could buy. He had all those connections, but it didn't work. And so he came to Jesus and it says, you know what, God, Jesus, I, things are not looking good for my daughter. Please come and help her out. And the Bible says that Jesus followed him. I'm so grateful that when we call on Jesus, he hears us. I'm so grateful that when we're able to call on the name of Jesus Christ, he hears us, he gives us his attention, and he meets and comes to our rescue. I'm so grateful that still in this hour, I'm able to come to Jesus Christ with whatever my need may be, and he is able, and he is just to do that work. We find that in this moment he came and there was a struggle. There was something going on. His place and his position could not fix the issue. His prestige wasn't enough. His money wasn't enough. His status wasn't enough. We can have all of that and it still may not be enough. You see, we know it wasn't enough because if you jump down just a couple of scriptures in verse number 35, we find that while Jesus was speaking, it says that someone jumped out and came out of his house. They said, Jarius, unfortunately, we have to tell you, your daughter has died. You don't need to bother Jesus anymore. It wasn't enough. So today I want to talk about there's still time. What do you do when time is running out? What do you do when it seems like time has run out or is running out? You see... The first thing you have to do is be like Jairus. There are some things you can't control. There is nothing that Jesus can't control. There are some things that you can't fix. There is nothing that Jesus can't fix. There are some things that you just won't be able to game out, but there is nothing that is too hard for our God. And so hear me, whatever the issue may be, whatever, how big or small, how, uh, how limited of time and space and energy there may be, the first thing you have to do, the very most important thing you must do is bring it to Jesus Christ. You have to bring it to him. You have to lay it on the altar, lay it in his hands and and say, Lord God, I've tried it on my own. I've tried to make it happen. I've tried to do it. I've tried to make it work, but God, I know that I can't do it, but you still are able to do it. Even though it seems impossible to me, there is nothing that is too hard for you. And right now in 2022, just like it was back then, these words are still true. There is nothing too hard, nothing impossible for Jesus Christ, but you have to bring it to him. Oftentimes what happens is we come and we say, well, this is too messy or this is too whatever or I'm going to be judged or I'm going to be looked at some type of way. Hear me, Jarius, a man of privilege, a man of status, a man of position, it says that he came and he knelt on the ground. He put himself on the ground. It was not, had, had nothing to do with position. It had nothing to do with status. He did not care because it was so desperate the need that he had we have to understand that sometimes coming and bringing things to Jesus looks a little messy it looks a little ugly it looks a little dis discombobulated but that's okay because Jesus isn't worried about that stuff he's worried about the fact that are you willing to come unto me all that are weary all that are heavy laden all that are burdened all that are broken and I will give you rest are you willing to bring it to Jesus You see, we find in 2 Samuel chapter number 6, David is bringing the Ark of the Covenant back. David is bringing it back. It says, Michael looked, and he's excited, and he's shouting, and he's... David, and Michael's like, David, like, what are you doing? Like, this is, this is not becoming of a king. 
This does not look right. This is not how kings should act. This is not dignified. This is not uh, uh, measuring up. This is not with the, the status that you hold. And it says that David said to, to Michael, it was before the Lord who chose me rather than your father, anyone from his house, when he appointed me ruler of the Lord's people of Israel. He said, and I will celebrate before the Lord. I'm going to come to the Lord. I'm going to do it before the Lord. What I'm doing has nothing to do with you, has nothing to do with anybody else has nothing to do with what people will say has nothing to do with what society tells me to do has nothing to tell to do with my status or my position but everything I'm doing I'm bringing to the Lord everything I'm doing is for the Lord everything I'm saying is for the Lord this life that I'm living is for the Lord this moment that I'm in is for the Lord this trial that I'm going through is for the Lord this circumstance that I find my myself in is for the Lord it's not for me it's not for you baby but it is for the Lord and so he says but I will become even more undignified than this why because it has nothing to do with what you are thinking has nothing to do with what you've got going on but it has everything to do with the fact that God is going to save me God is going to do it God is going to make a way and so I'm going to celebrate for the Lord The writer of Lamentations says this, he says, I will bury my face in the dust. Again, bring it to the Lord, no matter what it looks like, no matter what it sounds like, no matter what people say it should do, doesn't matter. Find yourself in a place where you've brought it to the Lord. And when you do that, hear me, Oftentimes we get up and the preacher's like, just bring it to the Lord. Y'all know I had to do it one time. And we think that that's going to make everything just instantaneously wonderful. But hear me. When you bring it to the Lord, Sister Brenda, I've had to learn this. I have to trust his timing. You see, we find Jarius comes to Jesus and like, Jesus, I need you. My daughter, she's, she's about to die. Like, this is, this is dire, this is serious. Like, I'm not playing. And Jesus is like, okay, let's go. And so we find that he's walking and they're walking together. They're getting close. They're, they're making their journey. They're moving. And, and there, it says that there's throngs of people around. There's people all around. There's people trying to get Jesus' attention. But that's okay because Jesus is, and Jairus are still making progress. Like his daughter is dying. This is getting serious. And every step is that step closer to her being healed. And that, that step closer to her being safe. And, and that step closer to, to Jairus' worst fears being remedied. And and every step. And so Jesus, I know it's getting slow. I know that there's people around, but, but I know, and it's, it's not progressing probably as fast as we want, but, but you know, Jairus is looking and Jesus is keep walking and Jesus is continuing to make progress. And so that's all right. And oftentimes what happens is we're looking at our stuff and we're looking at our moments and we're looking at the time and saying, listen, I've got only so much time. There's only so much I can wait. My relationship, it's struggling, but you know what, we're running out of time. And, but, but I see little fixes and I see little things and I see God making ways and I see they're small and it's not, it's, it doesn't seem very big, but that's okay because things are still moving and things are still progressing and we're, we're continuing to move forward. It's not as fast as I want and it's not as, uh, as, as much progress as I would like. And it's not as grand and as big as I want, but, but you know what? I feel a little bit better today. My health is a little bit better. My, my attitude's a little bit better. I've got a little bit more money in the bank, and, and I was able to pay my bill. I know it's not as much as I want. It's not as, as fast as I want, but, but I can still see that progress happening. I can still, and I'm celebrating because, God, I see you still coming. I know things are happening on your time. I know things are going a little bit slow, but, but Jesus, as long as you're coming, as, as long as you're making a way, as long as you're, you're walking with me, I'm all right. And, and listen, right now it's important that when we're making that progress, when we're making those steps, and when God is showing himself mighty, even in small ways, we are still celebrating, and we're still clapping, and we're still rejoicing, and we're still grateful, we're still thanking him, 
It's important that right now we still thank him in the small things, not just for the, the big things. And just remember that even though it may be small, re rejoice, but, but, but do not uh, deny the, 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 the days of the small beginnings because we know that he is able to work in the midst of that and bring about something great, something mighty, something strong, something big in your life. But you've got to trust his timing. And so we find that they're walking. People are jostling and throngs about, but they're walking. We find in verse number 25, it says that in the group, in the crowd, there was a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She'd gruffed, she'd... She'd suffered for a long time. So many doctors and so much money, and she didn't get any better. She actually got worse. Do you see how this story flips? Like, it's just the, second, the, the next verse. We just ended. It was, it was verse number 24. We're talking about Jairus and Jesus. They're walking, and now verse 25, we got a whole separate situation. Now we, we've switched the perspective and talked about this woman who, who's on great suffering, and things are getting worse, and, and in verse number... 27, we find that it says that when she heard about Jesus, it said she came and, 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 and uh, she came up behind him and she touched just his cloak, just, a, just, a, the, just he just touched his clothes. It wasn't even like she just jostled him, got in his face, didn't, you know, uh, uh, tap him on the shoulder and be like, hey, can I get a minute? She didn't do any of that. She just, she just touched his, his cloak and, and, and because she thought, if I could just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. If I could just touch his clothes... I'll be healed. And in verse 29, it says, immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt it in her body that she was freed from her suffering. And at once Jesus realized that power had gone out of him and so he turned around in the crowd. He felt something. He's walking with Jairus. They're, they're on their way. This woman, she comes and she, she grabs just a, a touch and she's instantly healed by the power of God. Hear me. You know, I'm about to take a detour because I've got other points I've got to make and I've got to get y'all out of here. I know y'all got, you know, reservations and whatever. So let me get, let me, but, but let me tell you. Sometimes we think we need big, grand moments. We need big, long travails. We need big things. But hear me. Hear some of us, we just need that mustard seed faith. Somebody just got to say, if I can just spend just a minute in the presence of God, if I can just get one minute in the power of God, then my issues and my suffering and my stuff and my circumstances and my fears and my trials and my circumstances, all of that stuff can be fixed. It's not about how grand and how big, but it's about who we're going to. It's about Jesus Christ and the power that is in him. Hear me, whatever your need may be, whatever, how big or how small, know that Jesus Christ is still able to do exceeding. He's still able to do abundantly. Uh, he's able to go beyond what we can imagine, beyond what we can think. And all we need to do is have just a mere touch of the presence and the power of Jesus Christ and the miraculous can happen in your life. And so we're celebrating because it says her suffering is over. And oftentimes we shout about that, and rightfully so. But Carl, we often forget Jesus wasn't there. His mission, the mission of Jairus, wasn't to heal this lady. They were going to touch and to heal and to deliver his daughter. You see, in the midst of our celebrating, in the midst of us saying, you know what, he did it for her, he can do it for me, we forget about Jarius. You see, Jarius came and begged and asked and pleaded, disgraced himself, did all of those things, got Jesus' attention. Jesus said, okay, I'm coming. Got Jesus to move, saw progress, and immediately in an instant, the progress stops. It says that Jesus 
turned around to the crowd. He's no longer even looking in the right direction. He's no longer even focused in the right direction. What do you do when it seems like all progress is lost? What do you do? You've brought it to Jesus. You've come to him and said, you know what, Lord? This problem is too big. This problem is so big and time is running out, God. God, I don't think I can hold on any longer. I don't think I can make it anymore. I don't think this is not going to work out for me. God, the only way I'm surviving this is by a touch from you. And God begins to work in your life. God begins to do incredible things. God begins to show himself mighty. But then one day you wake up and all progress is lost. You've gone back and things have gotten worse and things are getting dire and things. What do you do? And not only that, but you see other people getting blessed. You see other people getting healed. You see other people getting delivered. And you're saying, God, what happened? I've been praying about this for years. I've been asking for this miracle for years. I've been faithful for years. And God, she just got here. God, she just showed up. She wasn't here that long. She didn't get your attention. She didn't stop, she didn't stop you. She didn't tap you on the shoulder. She didn't, she, she didn't do any of that stuff. And she got delivered. And I'm still in the midst of my suffering. What do you do? You see, it's easy to say, trust in God's timing when you see things being worked out in your life. It's easy to say, I'm going to just trust on the Lord. Trust in the Lord. When you can see that light at the end of the tunnel. But can you still trust and believe when all hope seems lost? Can you still be able to say, I'm going to stand when it seems like I have nothing left to stand for? When everything seems lost? You see, hear me. The Bible says that let us not be weary in well-doing. For Brother Carl, in due season, hear me, I come across so many people that have been praying for so long for due season. Looking and, and seeing everybody else got their due season. Ben, you are living in your victory, in your due season. But I'm over here struggling and suffering and just getting by. And, and the days of my blessings seem to be all dried up. Hear me. One of the things that we have to remember is that Jesus turned. He spoke to the crowd. But at no point did he leave Jairus. Even though the perspective changed. This woman and, and her suffering and he focused and, 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 and was able to minister to her. All along the way, Jairus is still right here. You see... Even though Jesus is focused and, and he's, he's, he's speaking a word and he's, he's bringing deliverance over here, he has not left Jairus. Even though it doesn't seem like, because Jairus' promise and his, 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 his need is back there and Jesus is focused this way, that's okay. Because as long as Jesus is right connected to me, let me tell you, I, I need you to hear me, there's still time. Just, it, it doesn't matter that Jesus is turned around. It doesn't matter that Jesus is looking the opposite direction. It doesn't matter that, that Jesus is blessed over here. What it should tell you, though, is that though things may be looking bleak and dim and dark for you, he's still blessing here. And if he can do it for them, I need you to open your eyes and see because if he did it for them, he's going to bring it about for you. If he brought blessing for them, that's okay, baby, because blessing is on the way for you. Don't leave. Don't, don't, don't give up. 
up. Don't stop now. I know it seems desperate. I know it seems dim. I know time is running out. But if he did it right now for them, know that the Lord Jesus Christ is still able to show himself strong and mighty in your life, in your circumstance, in your situation. There is still time. And so hear me, your dreams may seem locked up and done, but that's not true because there's still time. Your kid, mom, your kids may seem lost. Don't give up. Why? Because there's still time. Dad, this, this, this may seem like the end of the road for you, but don't stop praying. Don't stop believing. I know that there have been some things that have happened that are beyond your imagination, but hear me, that's where Jesus Christ works the best and shows himself mighty. There's still time. Even in Mark chapter 35, where they come out and say, or five and, and, and verse 35, even when they come out and say, listen, leave, leave Jesus alone. She's dead. Jesus says this, Listen, it says that Jesus paid no attention to them, but he told Jairus, don't worry about it. Don't be afraid. Why? Because there's more time. Hear me. I'm done. I'm done. Give me five minutes. We'll pray. Promise. Circumstances and situations may seem dim and dark. They may seem finished. They may seem over. In Job, his friend said, curse God and die. Just be done. Just be finished. But Jesus is saying that there's still time left. Hear me. Whatever your need may be, whatever your circumstance may be, I'm going to invite you today to bring it because there's still time. There's still time left for you. But also I have a challenge for you. There, I know that there are those in here that have big needs. There are those that have things that they're going through, trials and stuff. And we're going to pray here shortly and there'll be some leaders here and we'd love to pray with you and, and see God work mightily in your life and celebrate along with you and, and be able to just, uh, just bask in the fact that God still is good and his mercy still endureth forever. But there also are some that are part of the church, that are here. And I want to challenge you so we know that there's still time. You see, we jump a couple of chapters in Mark chapter 8. We find that Jesus, it says he's at Bethany. And it says he's in the house of Simon. And it says that He's at the house of Simon the leper. And it says that as he was reclining at the table, a woman came in with an alabaster box. It's this expensive perfume. It's beautiful and ornate. And it was very costly. And it says that she broke it and she poured it over his head. And so there were some of them that were looking at this, 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 this scene and they're like, what is happening? What is going on right now? Because, you know, this is expensive. They're like, she could have sold that and, and given it to the poor. And it says they scolded her. It says, but Jesus said, leave her alone. 
Why do you trouble her? See, she's done something beautiful. For you always have, you always have the poor with you, they'll always be around. You can do good for them whenever you want, but you're not going to always have me. Verse 7, number 8 says, And she did what she could. This is what she had. This is what she was able to give. In the time that she had, this is what she could do. This is what she could give. Time was running out, but there was still just a minute of time left. And she did what she could do. On this Mother's Day, I'm going to ask you, time's running out. Are we as the church doing what we can do to fulfill the mission that God has placed in our life? Because we've been there. I asked earlier, is there anybody that has experienced the profound love of Jesus Christ? And we've been there. There are so many of us that have experienced the, 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 the grace and the mercy of God that, that we're able to look at every step of our life and say that if it had not been for the Lord in that moment and in that situation, in that time, and in that place, and, and in that relationship, and in that job, and in that crisis, and in that disaster, if it had not been for Him making a way in that moment and in that year, and when I got myself into that trouble, and if it had not been for Him opening that door for me and, and blessing me in that way and providing for me in that season, if it had not been for the Lord. There's so many of us that have that story that we were saying that God brought me out in the nick of time. God saved me in the moment of trial. God was able to open doors when I thought it was at the end. God was able to do that stuff for me. There's so many of us that have been in that place. And now God is saying, and he's looking at me and saying, Stefan, like this woman, you know what it's like to be at the brink and for me to make a way where there seemeth no, to be no way. Now are you doing all that you can do in this moment and in this hour? As we stand all over the room, I ask that, I hope that you've got big plans to celebrate or, or do things and, and, and that you would like and I hope, I, I pray blessings on all of you. On every mom and every mother figure to all of those that have cared for me, thank you. But hear me, before we leave, they're gonna sing, and I'm gonna invite you. I'm gonna invite you to come from wherever you are. We say this almost every week, like this is not special, like this is just carpet and wood and whatever. But the act of stepping out is that act of faith. Hebrews says that he is a rewarder of them that will diligently seek him. If you have a grand need, if you have a need that you're looking at the time and you're saying things are, 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 are it's cutting it close, watch what God does when you bring it to him. Watch the peace that you have when you lay it at his feet. Watch the joy that you thought was cut out your life the hope that you thought was never going to come back, the faith that you thought was gone forever, watch it begin to sprout out in your life, sprout up in your relationships. Watch it begin to sprout out and grow in your life when you lay it on down. And watch you begin to have the strength to keep going. It still is gonna be difficult and hard and challenging but you'll have that strength to keep going. Why? Because you know that it's in due season, at his appointed time, that you're going to start reaping some things, that you're going to start living out some things. Those, those words and those dreams that you have that, that have been locked up for generations, they're going to start being brought out about in your life. Why? Because you had faith in him, that you trusted him, and you believed that his timing was perfect, and you kept the faith. But there's also some that need to come right, 
beside them and say, baby, I've been there. I've done that. Let me show you some of the things that God has done for me. Let me talk to you about some of the things that God has brought about in my life. Why? Because God is asking you, are you doing everything you can? You have no idea the hurt and the trials that there are some that are going through, but he has gifted you, he has anointed you, and he has blessed you for this moment, for such a time as this. And so as they begin to worship, I'm gonna invite you to come from wherever you are. I'm happy to pray for you. I'm happy to pray with you. I know there's some other leaders that'll be up here and that are happy to pray with you, but don't let this moment pass without seeking the face of God with whatever your need may be and watching him do something incredible in your life. So as they sing, I'm gonna open it up to all that would like to come and I'd be happy to pray with you. God bless you.